0: Beverly Cleary died?
1: Yeah, she was like Super Fudge and Frecklejuice Juice and Ramona Quimby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I never read any of those somehow. Or I don't remember reading them.
0: I remember there was a Fudge TV show, like a Saturday morning show at one point. Yeah, there was. And it was like uh, the mom was played by the woman who played uh, Jan Brady. I can't remember her name right now, but... <laughs>
1: I think my favorite YA book is still Just As Long As We're Together by Judy Bloom. I read it pretty often. <laughs> uh, and today, Dustin and I will be talking about and spoiling a little bit of the book Yaki Delgado Wants to Kick Your Ass by Meg Medina. Coming up next.
0: So you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Welcome to Dustin Ken Reed, where this go-around, I have a guest I'm sure could kick my ass. Anna's an old friend from college. <laughs> and the first time I met her, I was very much intimidated. Yes, I was, Anna. Oh. Yeah. Well, you had this like Betty Page type haircut going on. And I think you didn't you have like a blonde streak in it or something?
1: That was later, but yeah. That was
0: later. Well, but yeah. I,
1: I didn't know that you were part of the um part of the club that was intimidated by me.
0: Yes. Well, I was at first until I got to know you, you know, but you were wearing like a soccer uniform or something when I first met you, I think. And I was like, man, this girl, she's tough. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of soccer player and girls back where I came from. I was like, this girl is tough AF. Um, but uh, yeah, so but it turns out you weren't as, you know, you know, as intimidating as I thought you were. You still are kind of, you know, you're, you know, because you're a strong woman. Um, you're sweet and endearing. So. Oh, good. Uh, but we ended up bonding over things like my so-called life. And, you know, we both were Angela Chase heads, I guess. you. Could, oh, I didn't even realize you're wearing a shirt. That's great. That's great. Oh, uh, I didn't even notice that. Did you plan that? Kind of. Okay. You're like just <laughs> kind of, yeah.
1: I I haven't been wearing this shirt enough, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sweet coincidence. Yeah, that's great. And then we ended up watching Dawson's Creek. And then you got me into Roswell, Roswell the original yeah. Roswell, because your brother's friend was on it. And, no. uh. Yeah, that was, that was sweet times, sweet times. Um, But you're from New Mexico, which is kind of funny how, you know, of course, of course you've watched Roswell. Why wouldn't you? Um, But for those kids at home, Roswell, not Roswell, New Mexico, the new show.
1: Although Roswell, New Mexico is shot in New Mexico, but the first one was shot in California. Ah,
0: well, they went for realism, I guess, this time.
1: Something like that.
0: Somewhat, Whatever. But yeah, so of course, time moves on and people go their separate ways. Anna has been living in Los Angeles for most of your post-college life, uh, working in the entertainment industry. Um, and I remember like bragging to my friends all the time. I'm like, my friend Anna's in uh, this TV show. And oh, you have you seen that 70s show? Which I tell you about all the time. Every time I see a rerun, I'm like taking a snapshot, and, like,
1: look, there's Anna. <laughs> and uh, <I'm-
0: laughs>
1: that was a fun one.
0: I know. and It's still fun to watch. And I love to watch your facial expression. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, she's in the episode where Fez, it's one of the last, I think it's the last season where it's he's working in the salon season. Yeah. and he and Jackie are in a fight and Jackie does, Jackie wants to do hair and he's like, no, you're the sweep up girl. So he takes, uh, some clippers and buzzes Anna's head <laughs> and throws it on the floor and says, sweep the floor, sweep up girl. Yep. And, and it's just like, Oh, the shocked look on your face. It's great. So if you check that episode out, you'll know what Anna looks like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. What else have you worked on besides that?
1: Um I did the last couple seasons of Scrubs. I did like all of How I Met Your Mother. I I don't do it as much as I used to, um, just because I've gotten other jobs, but um House uh the Angelina Jolie movie The Changeling. I don't know why that popped into my head. I didn't I did even know the, that before indiana jones and the crystal skull oh really yeah I did. So this is mostly that.
0: background work though right
1: yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. no my okay. my one my one big break, breakout role is uh my part on good girls
0: and i didn't even know that until it got canceled and i saw you said that and i went
1: what oh, i'm I surprised even know. i would have thought that that would have been a show you would watch
0: i just i never I, like sometimes when i don't catch a show right away and i get it gets too far into it i just I kind of keep putting it off more and more and I'm like, I just
1: can't get
0: into it now. You know, it wasn't one of those things that I, you know, but I'm like, now I want to see it. (laughs) Now I want to see Anna on good Girls. So how many episodes were you on in that? Oh, just one. Just one. Okay. But that's still cool. I mean, you had your own, like you had lines though, this time, correct? Oh I remember there was another one there. I think it was called what about Brian? And that was a Barry Watson you were on that because I remember kind- you're sitting at a table, like a conference room table. And then your head like t- you're like really close to the camera and you're yeah. like turning face to the camera. And I was like, oh,
1: there's Anna. There's Anna. <laughs> She's like, Look at her, I forgot her about face. that one. Yeah.
0: That wasn't long after that 70s show, I think. That yeah, was, that was around was, that era. That
1: was a while
0: ago. Yeah, because that show, that guy, that was only like a one and done season, really. But, yeah, um, so. <laughs> so, yeah, Anna's kind of famous to me. I don't know if she's famous to you, but she's famous to me. And now you know why I'm intimidated. (laughs) So today, Anna and I will be talking about the award-winning book, Yaqui Delgado Wants to Kick Your Ass by Meg Medina. And now, what did you think of when you first looked at this book when I suggested that we read this?
1: Definitely an an aggressive title and not really sure where it was going to go. Um, But I figured, you know, you said it was definitely the first book Dustin suggested was like a kind of a horror, and that's not really my genre. So, so he was like, I'll find something else. And he said this, and I said, Sure. Um, this
0: sounded like, I don't know why it screamed something to me. He said, You know, Anna wants to read this. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like something Anna can get into. Cause you're more yeah. like, you, you like comedy, drama type stuff mainly. But, uh, so, yeah, I know you're not into the horror. but It was more probably thriller. But that's really what YA horror is really, it's really usually thriller. Yeah. But you know, I th- yeah, I was like, Okay, we'll find something. And then I just happened across this on Twitter. I follow some, you know, publishers and some YA loving accounts and whatnot. And somebody posted this and I was like, Oh, that what's that title? What's that about? And I had to had to get into it.
1: Oh, do you know when this was published? I just I have the ebook and it doesn't. Um, it doesn't say
0: Oh man, I totally forgot. I think it was 2013. Hold on one second. I will look that up. Yaki Delgado wants to kick your ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was 2013. It was published in 2013. So, um, there you go. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's a good book and I like it a lot, but, um, and we can feel free to, I don't care about spoiling it because it's been so long. My rule is, yeah, five year rule, basically, you know, if it's been out for at least five years, we can go ahead and spoil it. People have enough time. to. There's so many books out there, you know, so if you're listening to this, get ready for it to be spoiled. (laughs) But I'm not going to give everything away. There's still some stuff, you know, that you can still read and find out. Yeah, of course. So how about we do this? I'm going to go ahead and get into my plot summary and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Pitty Sanchez has just started at Daniel Jones High School after moving a couple blocks out of her old school's district in Queens. Before school, a girl named Vanessa walks up to her and tells her, Yaqui Delgado wants to kick your ass and leaves. Who the hell is Yaqui Delgado, Pity wonders. Her new friend Darlene, a student aide in the school office, fills her in. Quote, Darlene pushes up her glasses and tells me the whole rumor. Yaki Delgado hates you. She says you're stuck up for somebody who just showed up out of nowhere, and she wants to know who the hell you think you are shaking your ass the way you do. Darlene lowers her voice. She even called you a skank. Sorry. I'm stunned. I shake my ass? Darlene studies her egg salad sandwich for a second. Definitely, yes. Interesting. I've only had an ass for about six months, and now it seems it has a mind of its own. Pity doesn't know what Yaqui's problem is, but she's starting to get paranoid that someone she's never met is out to get her. She does her research and finds out who Yaqui Delgado is, a girl from the wrong side of the tracks who thinks Pity has been flirting with her boyfriend, Alfredo. After a few weeks of paranoia, Pity's grades are starting to suffer. Her single mother, Clara, is worried, as she should be. And on top of that, her best friend, Mitzi, also moved and is now thriving in her new Catholic school. Pity's bitterness starts to come between them because Pity's life starts slowly spiraling out of control as she stays distracted in school, worried about being attacked. She would go to the school staff, but she's afraid they won't help her, and snitches get stitches after all. Eventually, Yaqui Delgado jumps Pity on the way home from school and beats the shit out of her in a humiliating way. Pity is beat up bad. She even notes that, quote, Yaqui Delgado kicked my ass, but still doesn't confess to her mom about the bullying. She only really partially confides in in Lila, but she still carries this alone. She starts skipping school and hanging out with this trouble kid named Joey Halper from her old apartment building. Eventually, Lila encourages Pity to return to school and face her fears, even if that means facing Yaqui and her crew and everyone who's seen her half-naked body get beat up on YouTube. Turns out, Pity finally fesses up to everything that's been going on. So at the school's suggestion, they petition the superintendent to let her go back to her old school based on this information. Pity has an insightful moment about everything that has happened and her decisions over the last few months in the last chapter. Quote, I've been thinking lately that growing up is like walking through glass doors that only open one way. You can see where you came from, but can't go back. That's how it is for me, anyway. She gets back to her old school and starts to thrive again, even though she has PTSD and looks over her shoulder all the time. In the end, Pity's life seems to be back on track. Her friends and her family are all happier and in better places than they were before. Whew, okay. (laughs) Okay. I know I left out a lot with that. I did. I left out a lot of, you know, details. So there's more of the story than my little summary. But first, Anna, what did you think of this book overall?
1: Um, overall, I really liked it. I mean, it it's certainly like a fast, easy read. Um, and f- very relatable.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really was. Like in different ways, you know, yeah. different levels. yeah. I mean, would you recommend it to somebody, even like an adult?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It's got a lot of good messages in it, you know, about family and whatnot, but it's all about like standing up for yourself or, I don't know, just, you know, how, how easy it is to become isolated or to fall victim to something and how for everything to spiral out of control so fast, because this only takes place over a couple months. Right. Right. You know, it's like at the end of September, early October through, you know, early December. And it, you know, I was watching, like, man, this stuff happened really quick. Like she was like an, a star student, you know, A's all around, you know, people liked her at her old school. And then, you know, her mom decided to get out of their junkie apartment. And then they moved to this other place, which is just a few blocks over, but it's out of her school district. And next thing you know, this girl wants to kick her ass. <laughs> like, like, what the hell? You know? what's up with kids man I mean uh, what's up with that
1: well and just how like being afraid to ask for help just like throws you deeper into the pit that that's definitely like when I was reading it over and over and over again and I'm just like uh, why doesn't she just like tell her mom what's going on why doesn't she tell Lila why doesn't she you know and it's just like
0: there's pride, there's fear, there's all this stuff wrapped up, and you understand yeah. it all at the same time. Because, like, this absolutely you know, Meg Medina knew how to write this character and write all these characters, really, but she knew how yeah. to write this situation very well. Yeah. And no wonder that it's award winning, you know. I really related to it, you know, and it kind of gave me the same. and It's not the same story, it's not the same, you know, vibe. Well, it kind of gave me the same type of vibe, but the realism of it all kind of felt like when I read The Hate You Give. I don't know if you've ever read that or seen the movie. Mm mm. And well, you know, that takes place in, you know, in the LA area, and, you know, it's, a, you know, not the be- best area. You know, there's a lot of gang violence and whatnot in it. And then, but it's all about like discrimination from the cops and, you know, somebody gets killed and, you know, whether or not it you know could have been prevented or whether or not it was, you know, hate fueled by a cop and whatnot. You know, it's a bunch of stuff that goes on and it's very controversial and it's very much, should she talk? Should she not? You know, cause she was there and, you know, and no one knows she was there. And there's all that. I think that's what that got for me. It's all that kind of anxiety that builds up throughout the entire book. And you're just like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And there's finally this kind of relief at one point. And you're like, Oh my God, finally, finally, you know, somebody said something. Um, yeah. At one point I ended up you know, crying in this book, <laughs> you know, when, um, when she finally tells her mom, everything. And the whole time she's scared that her mom's gonna, you know, say, you know, start scolding her and and, you know, going off on her about all the stuff she's messed up and all the, you know, the grades slipping and all the schools she's missed and I mean she she changes her appearance and everything and everything just goes haywire really fast. And and that point where the mom just hugs her so tightly, you know, at that one point, and I just started thinking about my mom and just how that that wave of love she probably felt in the relief just to get that, you know, to not be scolded. Like she thought she was going to be, you know, cause she usually is because her mom's so strict or, you know, and kind of judgmental at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I digress. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the, the cover representation of the book?
1: I mean, I always like a good high school story, but it it's, but at the same time it's, it's pretty basic. You know what I mean? It doesn't,
0: doesn't give you too much, but it no. is graffiti, you know, yeah. it kind of gives you this, like, you know, who's going to write in graffiti. And that's what's funny is it's like a mix of two things that happen in the book. You know, you get the message, Yaki Delgado wants to kick your ass. And then there is graffiti on a locker at one point, her friend Rob gets, they get right homo on his locker. And she's just like, Oh my God, that's horrible. So she gets out her magic marker and tries to scribble it out. Cause she didn't have any other, you know, she doesn't want anybody to see it. And then she gets caught. So, of course, that starts her off on the wrong track. I don't, I don't know. I think I hate when adults don't listen to kids. And they're like, no, no, this is what happened. I mean, can you not just look at her record and see if she was a good kid before she came here? Why would she start doing this, you know?
1: Yeah, th- yeah there, there's a lot of, like, internalized frustration over, like, school administrators always, like, just going by the book instead of, like, stopping to, to actually assess the situation, you know?
0: Yeah, that's like a lot of authority figures in general, like a doctor. You know, sometimes you're just a number. You know, and they're like, they're like, no, no, look at me, look at me, listen to what I'm saying. I'm not like yeah. that other patient you just saw in the next room.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> look up from your chart, that kind of thing. And you're like, no, just, but at the same time, you kind of see their, you know, how long have they been working this job? How many times have they seen that same type of kid and maybe heard an excuse similar to this, you know, so it's sure. kind of like, you kind of, at the same time, you, you understand their point of view, I guess. Doesn't mean it's right, but you know. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, they have, the, the cover's kind of interesting. It's just a locker with scribbles on it. And, you know, it's kind of plain, but it's it gets the point across, you know. I thought that was going to be in the book, though. <laughs> At first, I thought somebody was going to be writing on her locker, you know I'm oh, saying.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of
0: times, that's what the cover's supposed to kind of represent, something that happens in the book. But it kind of does. It's kind of a mix of two things. Did you ever have a bully growing up?
1: Well, it did remind me that in eighth grade, there was this girl that I, it was kind of the same thing that I didn't know, um, who was like in my typing class. I can't remember what she, she did. It was like, I just remember being super intimidated by her and, and me, there probably was like a threat. Somebody said, she's going to kick your ass at some point. I think her name was Erica. She was like a chola. For those of you that don't know, that's like a, you know, like a Hispanic tough girl, and that's like back in the era with the bangs and the, the hoop earrings and the like eyeliner as lip liner. <laughs>
0: My um, lord!
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just came out of nowhere, and it was like, oh, she just—I don't know. Maybe she was just always like giving me the stink eye, but it—but I was like very, um. just much more shy and less confident and just really like did not know what to do and did not know.
0: Well, you know, theater does that to you, you know, acting and stuff brings it, you know, brings your true self forward. I guess you could say
1: that's a good point. (laughs) Um, But 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 honestly, I'm lucky to say that really the the only other bullying I experienced was from my older brother. So (laughs)
0: Hey, I mean, I think everybody's a bully at some point in their life, even whether they know it or not, or whether they intend yeah. to be or not, you know, if yeah. you gossip about somebody behind their back to a bunch of people or, you know, that's kind of a bully situation, you know, you're kind of ganging up on somebody, even when they're not there to defend themselves or even hear it, you're just kind of, you know, it's a silent bully, I guess you can say. Um you know, that kind of thing. Or even if you, you know, just look at somebody and look them up and down and like, what the hell are they wearing? That kind of thing. That's in a way, you know, that's judgmental. You're intimidating somebody, especially if they're new or if they don't know anybody. And yeah, you don't, and you don't, sometimes you don't even think about it. You just do it. And you're like, why did I, do? you know, you look back sometimes you're like, man, I was such an asshole. Like stuff like that. You know, um, I had a bully of course, you know, um, uh, and, uh, I think not really a bully bully, not somebody who like did it for years or anything like that. But it was like a, at least one school year. And it was this kid that used to be kind of my friend. And he was a, a grade older than me. And we were both um, in speech therapy because we both had speech impediments. And I still have a lisp a little bit, but it wasn't it's not as bad as it used to be because um, I had lost my two front teeth at once. And I just started talking like this a lot, you know. <laughs> So I had to take, you know, speech class, and I would get let out at the end of like every other day. I would go to um, at the end of or at the end of one of my periods, I get to leave like for twenty minutes and go to this, you know, speech therapy. And he was also in the same speech therapy with me. And then a couple of years later, his sister died. And then as soon as that happened, he turned into an asshole. Just oh, he was mad at the world, and sure. I think she had cancer or something, and. And I was sitting around, we were at a pep rally or something, and um all of a sudden, I just smelt this I just felt this smack on the back of my head, like boom, I' like, what the hell and I, we were sitting in fr- I was sitting with my friend, and he was a football player, and uh all the other football players were behind us, and he was you know this other guy who hit me was also a football player, and he just you know kind of like they all kind of laughed at me, and I remember Uh, my friend didn't really say anything. He just kind of went kind of pointed his finger and was like, no, 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 don't do that kind of thing. Like, you know, shame on you, but that was it. Mm -hmm. Nothing was said and everybody around had seen it and was kind of laughing at me. And I remember going into the theater. um, My my next class was theater and I just went off. I I just started yelling in the class and, you know, why is this happening to me? And just, you know, I feel so alone and, and I just, I went nuts. And my teacher was like, you need to go out into the, go out onto the stage. Cause we're, you know, the classroom is right off the stage. Yeah. And so I just went out there and just cried. And she came out there and hugged me and whatnot. And then after that, people heard about that. And I, I was, I guess, decently liked. And I had a lot of people sticking up for me all of a sudden they were, you know, people like apparently a lot of the cheerleaders did, said they weren't going to go out with their boyfriends who are on the football team until this guy apologized, which he never did. And I think it was kind of, it was more of a threat, but it was still kind of nice, you know, to hear about that, you know. And uh, I remember at a school dance, he tried to call me, a he called me a queen. And I'm like, I'm not a queen, but okay. Um, <laughs> if anything, I'm a king. Um, <laughs> hmm. But uh, yeah, that was mainly it. Like, And then he left and I'm like, I doubt he went anywhere with it because I haven't heard about him since. So, you know. That's just what happened, you know. I I tried to I tried to be a nice person to most people, so I guess that paid off, and I had people stick up for me because I wasn't a jerk on purpose, you know. But like I said, everybody can be a jerk without realizing it, you know. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these characters and whatnot. Um, let's talk about Pity, and um, and and her ma and their relationship. So. I guess, you know, it's kind of a thing, you know, especially if you're really close to your mom, I'm, I'm I would be the quote daughter. <laughs> um, cause you know, my, I have a brother and he was closer with my dad. I was closer with my mom. And so we take after each other. I mean, I take after my mom a lot more. I look more like her, That we had the same interests and whatnot, you know? Um, so I kind of get that, you know, the relationship she has with her mom, you know, cause it's just them, you know, it's just been them the entire time. Them, yeah. And besides Lila, who's her mom's friend, who's kind of her, quote, surrogate aunt, you know, um, who, I, you know, we'll get into her in a minute. But uh, so pity pitying her mom. So her mom's really tight lipped about her dad, won't tell her anything. And you kind of go, what the hell happened? You know, what was so bad that she can't tell her daughter who her father is, you know, and. And, you know, all, all it does is make pity every once in a while, go through all these pictures, even though she knows her dad's picture's not in there because her mom, you know, burned them all. And, you know, I don't know. I just I can kind of feel pity. You know, her, her name is, I guess, P-Dad. Is that how you would say it?
1: I'm not sure. That is not a name that I was familiar with.
0: I know. That's why I was like, pity's fine. I can go with pity <laughs> every time she said P-Dad. And I was like, it's P-I-E-D-A-D. So I was like, I guess it's P dad or Pi dad, or I don't. I guess it's P dad, but I'm just gonna go with pity because it's the easier one. But yeah, she. Um, I kind of. I can. I can only imagine what it must be like to not know who your father was. I can't imagine just having one parent, and then your your parent won't tell you anything about your birth father. You know, and her mom is really kind of bitter, and you know, works really hard and is very bitter about it and very openly bitter about it, you know. (laughs) She, you know, it's almost like she blames pity for all this stuff, but, you know, the way her life turned out. But it's not her fault, obviously. She's like lost all this love for life her mother has because of this bitterness she has about her father. And you can kind of see it. And that's where pity starts getting bitter towards her mother, you know. It just kind of transfers, I guess. What did you think about their relationship?
1: I guess you really don't see any nice moments between them. I mean, not that everything is awful, but it is—it is the mother always being very stern and like you know, oh, tuck in your shirt or don't take that alleyway or you know, just being just being very. Um,
0: it's like that one time on the bus, and she goes, "We need to get you need a bra because you no one wants to see you smuggling onions under your shirt."
1: Honestly, that that whole thing creeped me out because I'm, you know, just just the the new thinking of like, actually, no one should be looking at your body, and so having the mother like, live on the old school side of things, where, like, oh, it's the, it's the woman's job to cover up, it's the woman's job to, like, keep the men at bay, um, like, really kind of kind of gave me a sour taste, but, um, but I, but I know that it, it is accurate for Hispanic culture, that, that that's how, how an older person would be, um, but, yeah, it's, like, her mom wants to, like, drive the car, it's, it's, um she
0: wants to rule her life she wants to make sure she does this she does this she checks all the boxes i mean
1: ultimately you realize it's because she doesn't want her daughter to like make mistakes and be labeled a harlot and a tramp like she was um but but she also doesn't really have any joy
0: uh she really doesn't and there's like only one scene that she does kind of like she starts to show it it's at the halloween party at lila's house or her apartment And she's like, she's staying away from the party the entire time. Like, everybody's having fun and drinking and laughing and dancing. And the mom's in the kitchen doing dishes and like preparing some food. But she, you know, so Pity wants to go up and talk to her. And I can't remember what it was about now, but she wants to go talk to her about something. And she sees her mom, like, is she dancing? And she's kind of dancing and kind of singing to herself. She's
1: doing the little,
0: with a little bit of a smile. She's kind of letting herself have a little fun. But she's keeping it to herself because she doesn't want anybody to know she's having fun I'm like man you're that wound up <laughs> you can't even let people see that you're having fun right
1: right that's a miserable
0: that's,
1: that's, life that's not yeah that's a hard way to live
0: and you know we find out you know because she finally tells pity you know after you know there's a big fight and oh my god it's horrible because pity at one point you know she ends up like you know, after she gets beat up she She pulls her hair back and puts it in a bun, a tight bun. She ends up like plucking her eyebrows into these lines, you know. And and she looks on
1: dark lipstick.
0: Yes. And she's basically kind of mirroring herself to look like Yaki Delgado to maybe, you know, intimidate for some reason. And everybody's like, you don't look like you. And she realizes, I don't look like me. And her mom notices this. She goes, what the hell is going on with you? You know, your you know, she comes home after she gets called at work because Pity's been deleting all the school messages and uh, you know been evading you know any kind of talk about that. But then the school finally calls her mother at work, and she comes home in a you know raging, pissed off mood. Which she has every right to be. And she says, "What the hell's going on? Look at your outfit. You're showing your body off, and look at your face, and you know all this stuff." And she's, you, you know, you look like a. And she called her. Was it Chusma? Yeah. I, d- I guess that means a whore. Um, I guess that's what I assumed. I don't. I didn't look it up. But and she she's almost gonna say that, and she goes, "Really, mom?" Because she's only heard part of the story that her mother was the other woman. She yeah. goes, "Really, you're gonna call me that?" And look at you, you're the whore, basically. And the mom just rears back and slaps the shit out of her. And then Pity pushes her back. I'm like, "Oh crap!" And runs out of the apartment until later on, she's like riding the subway. She just doesn't go home for like hours. And she finally comes home. Uh, Lila's boyfriend, the cop, Raul brings her home and she ends up having this heart to heart with her mom in the middle of the night. You know, she sneaks out of her room so she can get something to eat. Cause she's like avoided, you know, her mother and the mom's been waiting up for her. And she says, all right, I'm not going to talk to you about school or what you look like. I want to tell you about your dad, about your father. And so pity doesn't want to hear it, but she does, you know, she wants to know and, but she thinks her mom's just going to lie to her, but she was, no, 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 this is what happened. So I moved here and I met your father and he was playing at this church and I just thought his, you know, he was a pianist and he played beautifully and you know, he bought me a piano, which is the one they still have. And, um, you know, I fell in love with it and I played all the time and, And we were, you know, in love and we got engaged and then I was pregnant with you. And then she finds out that, oh, Augustine was already married. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, how could you? I don't understand that, by the way. What's up with these guys? Like screwing all these women and then getting engaged to them and like doing all this crap behind everybody's back. What the hell is that about? Really? I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. Yeah. You know, I just, oh, my God. I just, that was, it's heartbreaking because the mom's like, I know you should have had a father. You should have had a good man as your father. And I chose wrong, you know. And Pity can only think about, like, you know, it would have been better had I had a dad. And she feels like she should be grateful that she had such a good mom that loved her so much. I don't know. I just, ugh. It kills me. So, all right, let's go on to Lila. Lila is my favorite character in this whole damn book. Lila is the shit. Love her. She has so many good quotes and so many great, like, out, you know, takes on life. Like, do you know, okay, what was one of your favorite scenes with Lila?
1: I just, I feel like you are just able to, she's like the exact opposite of Clara, that she just, like, radiates joy and, like, make you know like she wears a lot of scarves and like (laughs) you know like I don't know just yeah just so she's like very fun and I think like very in the moment um and yeah and kind of you know she's an Avon lady as well as working at the salon
0: I love that about her that she's yeah, an Avon so she's lady She's always
1: got like the makeup samples and she's like trying out the new nail polish and everything so she's just while
0: well, watching her telenovelas
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah so it's it's not that she's like shallow but she just you know she kind of just has a sparkle that that Clara definitely does not have and I think that pity aspires to is to just sort of be this this enigmatic person that like people are drawn to
0: and it's weird because i mean i I get why they're friends now once you find out everything but at the beginning you're like why are these two people friends you know like she's such a joyful person and they live in the same type of situation they had the same apartment building it was a crappy apartment building you know and they live in a, a crappy neighborhood i guess you would say and and but Lila finds, like you said, all this joy in life. And she tries, you know, she's like, everybody wants me. Mm hmm. Yep. I know I'm hot. You know, that kind of attitude, you know, which is great. I'd love her for it. But it's not even just that that I loved her for. I loved it for like this. The little insightful things she would say to pity, you know, just little things, you know, like, you know, look at me. I, you know, everybody wants me. i of course I have bullies. You can't, you know, look this good and not have bullies, you know, not
1: have haters. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. And I love that, you know, and she even like tells Pity at one point, you know, you know, there's a Yaki Delgado in every school, everywhere. You will not get rid of her. She will be everywhere you go. Now, whether or not she picks on you or not, you know, there's a different story, but which I loved about her. I just think I just I was like, man, I want this woman in my life. You know, I right. love it like she
1: because there's like she's she's spouting like realism.
0: Yeah. Like there's you know, going to be
1: a Yaki in every school and You got to deal with it. You got to figure out what your strategy is.
0: I love it when at one point she goes, why didn't you tell me she did this to you? I would have broken her legs. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I love her. (laughs) I love somebody who's going to, even if it's a blind threat, but still say that, you know, just kind of give me that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having, you know, having my back. That
1: fiery temper. Yeah.
0: I love her. God, she's so great. She's the shampoo girl at the salon. That's what she does. I'm like, so she sells Avon and she's the shampoo girl. I mean, she's, she's self-employed, I guess you can say, you know, she must make enough money. That place is always packed. But, you know,
1: it's like, it's like they said, the description of the salon is that it's like one part beauty salon, three parts, like gossip house, you know, so Mm it's sort of like, it's sort of like being a bartender in a different community where it's like, you just hang out and you're like getting, you're dishing, getting all the dirt.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's very social. Yeah. It's like social club. Yeah 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 i, yeah, I see that that's that's true plus she's dating the hot cop with the big teeth but still <laughs> he's got a big toothy smile <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got to big something else
0: um i'm sure yeah wow yeah Woo. yeah i was like man she's like i don't know i just I, I i kind of i've always kind of you know you think oh wow you know everybody you know we're all up in arms about cops nowadays or whatnot but i mean besides that i mean Yes, people like to date cops, you know, you kind of have that want of want of protection, but at the same time, I don't want that, you know, he's the nice type of cop. He's the guy who's like, I grew up in a bad area. And I, I wanted to become a cop to stop other kids like who grew up my way. I did. I wanted to help them. He wants to actually help people. It's not about him stopping the bad guys. It's more about him helping people, which I like about him so much. And I like that that he and Lila ended up together. I think they were a good match in that way. Because they just have such kind hearts. They're kind of tough people, but they have really kind hearts. And that's what I like. I like those type of characters who you wouldn't think would be who they are. You wouldn't think she'd be so insightful and so smart for being somebody who just works in the, you know, quote, just works in the salon and sells Avon. You wouldn't think he would be as compassionate being a cop, but they are. They're just good people. And that's what I really liked about him and her. You know, I like them both that way. I don't know. Overall, I really love this book. It would be really kind of it hit me hard. I know. I know you read it really fast. I read it pretty fast for the most part. Did you get the digital copy or did you get the actual physical book?
1: Oh no, I got the I got the ebook.
0: Oh, okay, good. Especially
1: because I thought I was on a time crunch, so I didn't have time to like wait for it to you know get delivered.
0: Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, I so, gotta yeah, read you said, it now. <laughs> That's right. You read it like two weeks prior to this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought we were recording this like three weeks ago and I had like two days' notice. So I was like, I oh, gotta read this book.
0: Well, at least it was interesting enough to hold your attention. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those ones you like, oh, what the hell's gonna happen? It was like, you know, I like Yeah. That yeah. It. it
1: was like I said, it was a fun, fast read. So.
0: And you know what I also liked about it? They did speak a little, a little bit of Spanglish throughout it, you know, like just randomly, you know, Hispanic or Latin words, you you know, would um, would show up. But I love how you would see somebody say something in Spanish and then she would immediately say the exact same thing in English. Almost like if she was translating it for the reader without trying to translate it, like she just kind of repeated it, you know. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you for teaching me that word. <laughs> a few times I looked it up. I was like, oh, she says it right next. Okay. But I, I just, I like that part of it too. So if you're, you know, if you're intimidated by Spanish words, don't be. It, they, she explains them throughout the book.
1: Or just the the way that it's used where it's like, you just know what it means.
0: Yeah. The like context.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: That's why I was like, choose my, I guess that's whore. She never says whore, but I'm like, that's gotta be whore. <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. I,
1: I actually did just look it up during, uh, while we were taping and it it's a Cuban varietal that that like in Cuban Spanish it means whore. So it might okay. mean something else in a different Spanish. So
0: good. That's our word for the day. Everybody screaming.
1: <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much, Anna. I appreciate you like reading this with me. And you know, I'm glad we're talking <laughs> I've talking and seeing your yeah, face in forever.
1: So- I'm so pleased you uh, invited me. And I don't know if you remembered that I was a YA fan or just thought I'd.
0: Well, I knew we liked high school dramas. Fair. <laughs> so, I mean, you gotta, you know, I mean, everybody, like I said, everybody went through high school. Everybody's been an adolescent. So I think that's one of the, the, the genres that everybody can relate to, especially mm-hmm. because you go through the same type of stuff going up, growing up, you know, the whole coming of age thing. And same type of situations with friends and whatnot. And then when you get older and you go your separate ways, some people go to college and learn this or that. And then some other people don't. And some people go to trade school. Some people get married automatically. Some people get pregnant automatically, you know? So they all, everybody's, you know, story kind of verges off in yeah. different paths as adults. So I think the high school adolescent experience is the one thing that can really be relatable for most people. And that's the reason why I love to read YA. Um, plus it's just easier and it's not it's not too full of itself i find a lot of adult books are very full of themselves yeah they i don't know i just feel like you know just get the story on with let's do this you know just let's tell the story what needs to be told we don't need to talk about the stupid crap that's going on i don't want to hear your you know sob story adult (laughs) (laughs) i don't give a shit (laughs) So, yeah. Do you have any social information or anything you want to give out or any, you know?
1: Oh, well, to... my uh, Instagram is at dress. If anyone wants to look at it, I don't really Twitter or TikTok or anything, but.
0: <laughs> I don't Twitter.
1: <laughs> I don't Twitter. I don't. Yeah.
0: What is Hash Brown Party dress about, by the way? You just thought of a random thing or?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I I just wanted like a dumb combination of things. And I was like, well, I love hash browns. What about a hash brown party dress? So, yeah, I, I, I really I have no like explanation beyond that.
0: Every time I see that name, I think of like literally a party dress with like a print of hash browns. Like it looks I mean, like hash browns all over it.
1: That would be good, too.
0: Somebody needs to make that and make it for Anna. <laughs> so she can take a picture in it and that could be her profile pic. Yes. A hash brown party dress. I also thought of like Waho. Waffle House for those who are uneducated. Yeah. I thought about that and I was like, oh, hash brown party dress. Maybe you're wearing a Waffle House uniform. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Hash brown party dress. We got to get that made now. That's got to be your calling card. People are going to start making you hash brown party dresses.
1: Project.
0: Find her. Find her on Instagram. Send her some hash brown party dresses.
1: Make me a dress. Make me a hash brown.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you again, Anna. I appreciate you coming on.
1: You're welcome, Dustin. Thank you for having me.
0: If you have any questions or comments about Yaqui Delgado wants to kick your ass, reach out to me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read. You can also get me at email at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to the show. It's a great help. And if you feel so inclined, leave me a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash DustinCanRead. That would be very helpful, and I really appreciate it. Thank you again so much for listening, and until next time, Dustin Can Read. Um, is that your cat?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make an appearance.
0: Speaking of, they
1: talk about cats. (laughs)
0: Did I hear a cat? Did I hear a cat out there?